This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcasts to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Exposing Washington is the name of the show, American Family Radio is the network. Glad to have you on the show today. We're going to talk about several things going on in Washington, D.C. It's been a very eventful week. And um, I went to the White House uh, this past week with, uh, with, with Sandy Rios, who hosts a morning show on American Family Radio. We went to the White House and uh, had a good meeting. But it just reminded me that... Um, that that we have a lot of good people working for the Trump administration that um, that need our prayers and our support because uh, they're under under relentless attack day after day from the media and from Democrats and people who who hate our country and people who hate President Trump. So we need to be mindful and and in our daily prayer time, remember to pray for people who work for the government, people who work for the Trump administration, and just that they'll be diligent and have strength as they go through various trials and and, and struggles uh, and and attacks from the enemy. Uh, A couple things I want to mention before we jump into the content for today. First, you can always uh, catch the show at our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. You can also listen to podcast the the show we after we air it live we podcast it, um, and we're on various countless uh, countless platforms. So we're on uh, Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Android. I mean, all over the place. I can't even mention them all. So pretty much just go to wherever you listen to podcast. Type in exposing Washington there. Just type in exposing Washington wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find it there. We're also on YouTube. Another thing I want to mention is uh, is Operation Christmas Child, and you'll be hearing more about this on American Family Radio. But now through November 25th is, is, is National Collection Week, which is it's more than a week. It's about two weeks, but you get the idea. Now through November 25th, I think the week of November 25th is actually National Collection Week, but now until then, until the end of of, uh, November, you can submit, turn in your boxes, your Operation Christmas Child boxes, and many of you are familiar with this project by uh, Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Association, but if you're not, basically Operation Christmas Child uh, they they allow people all across the country, all across America, to pack shoeboxes with uh, with gifts and and items that are useful for people uh, across the world that are impoverished, who don't have much, who are less fortunate. And uh, you can always find more 
information about this. If you need to know what, what goes in the shoebox, where can I get a shoebox, where can I drop it off during collection week, all of this information about Operation Christmas Child is at their website, SamaritansPurse.org. That's Samaritans with an S, Purse.org slash OCC, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, and we'll put this on the podcast page at AFR.net. We'll put this uh, on the Exposing Washington podcast page at, AFO, uh, at our website, AFR.net. The, uh, another thing I wanted to mention, and this is uh, uh, two more things before we jump into the show. Uh, we have our Christmas buttons, and speaking about Christmas and shoeboxes, we have our AFA Christmas buttons ready to go on our website, afastore.net, afastore.net. AFAstore.net. You can order a pack of 10. You can order multiple packs of 10. Just go to AFAstore.net. The Christmas button says, Jesus, he came for you. Merry Christmas. Jesus, he came for you. Merry Christmas. One of our most popular Christmas button buttons throughout uh, the past several years we've been doing this. AFAstore.net. Check out the Christmas buttons, and we have various other resources and products there and lastly before we jump in to the show is i'm sure you saw the action alert that we sent out this week but in wisconsin the governor of wisconsin thought it would be a great idea if we if we rename the christmas tree to a holiday tree the governor of wisconsin thought it would be a good idea if we rename the Christmas tree to a holiday tree. So if you're upset about that like I am, then you can go to our website, afa.net, and take action. Send an email to the governor of Wisconsin letting him know that it's a Christmas tree, not a holiday tree. Go to our website, afa.net, to sign on to that. And you can, uh, in about three minutes, you can send an email to the governor's office in Wisconsin and let your voice be heard. Well, President, if you want to know how impeachment is going, well, I'll tell you how it's going. Donald Trump campaign raises $3.1 million in small donations during the impeachment hearings. In a matter of days. Wait, no, I'm sorry. In a matter of 24 hours. President Donald Trump's 2020 re-election campaign raised $3.1 million. That gives you a glimpse into the world of how impeachment is going. That was the best fundraising day for the Trump campaign ever. $3.1 million. That shows you how impeachment is going. It's not going so well i want to jump i want to jump directly into this impeachment joke and i've mentioned some of these these things that we're going to go over but i just want to go over them again because it's easy to get caught up in this this show that the democrats are putting on and it's going horrible for them might i add and you'll hear more about that in the clips that I'm going to play. But I want to I want to take us back to 
to day one, if you will, of this entire made-up, orchestrated, fake scandal because there were so, there was some important things that happened early on that is not these things are not being talked about one of them is one of the important things that is not being spoken about now is the fact that this this so-called whistleblower we we said his name last week on the show this so-called whistleblower is not actually legally a whistleblower. Why? Because he does not have first-hand knowledge of anything. He doesn't have first-hand knowledge of anything regarding President Trump. Why? Because he's at the CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia. He's not at the White House anymore. He hasn't been there in two years. But then you ask the question, well, why was he allowed to, to complete the whistleblower application if he didn't legally qualify? Well, that's because the Intelligence Community Inspector General's office took it upon themselves unilaterally to change the requirements change the rules on who qualifies to be a whistleblower. And I'm not making this up. The Inspector General's Office for the Intelligence Community, which is over the CIA, the NSA, etc., when posed with this question about changing the whistleblower application form, They admitted that they changed the form to allow this fake whistleblower to fill out an application. I'm going to post this on our site, AFR.net, Exposing Washington podcast uh, page. I'll post it there and you can read more about it. But the inspector general, when, when people were calling the office saying, who changed the form? Why did they change the form to allow second, third-hand, and fourth-hand knowledge of information, the inspector general's office admitted that they unilaterally changed the application to allow people to complete applications who are not actual whistleblowers. And they did this all to allow this Eric Caramella to fill out this form to launch this entire saga. Which this leads me to believe that this is all orchestrated. There are multiple actors involved here. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that the Inspector General's Office of the Intelligence Community is probably involved in this coup. Because why would he make an exception and change the forms during the same time frame that this, that this CIA leaker filled out the whistleblower application? First, it was 
quid pro quo. About a month ago, the Democrats were saying that it was quid pro quo. President Trump was trying to get Biden investigated in exchange for giving Ukraine foreign aid. And by the way, it was noted this week that foreign aid has always had conditions tied to it, such as anti-corruption. We don't, our country doesn't just give aid to anyone and everyone. There are always conditions tied to get the giving of aid. And so, in that instance, there can be no quid pro quo. Or rather, quid pro quo happens every day. You do this, I'll do this. You do this, I'll do that. That's how Washington works. But I want to play clip one here. This is Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio. Jim Jordan talking about the laughability of the the first witness that the Democrats called Ambassador George or Ambassador William Taylor. Let's listen to Jim Jordan clip one. And then what you have in front of you is an addendum that Mr. Sondland made to his testimony that we got a couple weeks ago. It says declaration of Ambassador Gordon Sondland. I, Gordon Sondland, do hereby swear and affirm as follows. I want you to look at point number two, bullet point number two, second sentence. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmack on September 1st, 2019, in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. Now, this is his clarification. Let me read it one more time. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmack on September 1st, 2019, in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. (laughs) Well, there you have it, and this is not a joke. This is not a joke. It's laughable, but it's not a joke. This is so serious. So you have this, this goofball, William Taylor, the ambassador to Ukraine, the acting ambassador to Ukraine, And if you watch the testimony, you got William Taylor, this ambassador to Ukraine, lifelong bureaucrat. He's been in the in 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 Washington working for the government since before I was born. 1985 is when he started. He's got this little smirk on his face like like he's having a fun time. And as Jim Jordan there, the congressman from Ohio, noted This is all like third, fourth, fifth hand information. It's I heard from so-and-so who heard from so-and-so that so-and-so said this to so-and-so. This is like what you would see on a Saturday Night Live skit, and I'm actually surprised Saturday Night Live hadn't capitalized on this. And there, if you watch the video, which we're on radio so you can't, but... In the video, uh, Ambassador Taylor's smirking the entire time that Jim Jordan is pointing out the, the lunacy involved with their testimony. Might I add that no one, no one who has testified has firsthand knowledge of anything These two guys have never even met with President Trump. They've never even shaken his hand. 
And here they are testifying that Donald J. Trump should be impeached. They've never even met him. They've never even been privy to firsthand information regarding the Oval Office and the dealings that go on in it. But they're supposed to be the star witnesses that are supposed to bring down the Trump administration and make U.S. Marshals escort President Trump out of the Oval Office in handcuffs. And if you listen to the testimony, you'll know that all this was about was about how these two bureaucrats, these two unelected, unelected bureaucrats, they just didn't like President Trump's policies. And to that end, I'm going to play clip two here. This is Devin Nunes, the congressman from California, talking about how bureaucracy and unelected bureaucrats are the problem with Washington, D.C. Clip two. Though executive branch employees are charged with implementing the policies set by our president, who is elected and responsible to the American people, elements of the civil service have decided that they, not the president, are really in charge. Thus, as we'll learn in these hearings, after expressing skepticism of foreign aid and concern about foreign corruption on the campaign trail, President Trump outraged the bureaucracy by acting skeptically about foreign aid and expressing concerns about foreign corruption. Officials' alarm at the president's actions was typically based on second-hand, third-hand, and even fourth-hand rumors and innuendo. They believed it was an outrage for the president to fire an ambassador, even though the president has full authority to retain or remove diplomats for any reason at any time. That's it. Uh, uh, Devin Nunes there from California. And he's exactly right. These bureaucrats think that they're in charge. You know why they think that? Because there's been this decades-long mentality in Washington, D.C., and it's disgusting but this decades-long mentality that the bureaucrats are running the place. And actually, for, for a long time, the bureaucrats have been running the place. But these people, like George Kent, this guy from the State Department, to put it nicely, and then this ambassador, William Taylor, they think that they run the place. They think that they're in charge. Well, I've just been here since 1985. So what I say goes, I've been here since 1985, since the Reagan administration. And so I know best. These people are so arrogant. But what they don't understand is that the president is in charge. The president of the United States, who Americans elected, He's in charge, not the bureaucrats. They answer to the president. And as the president's press secretary said, the, said this week, Stephanie Grissom, she said, if the bureaucrats don't like the president's policies, they can leave. If the, if the bureaucrats don't like the president's policies, they can leave. That would be the honorable thing to do. 
I want to get one more clip in. This is Mark Levin. He was on Sean Hannity a couple of nights ago. And the reason this is important is because I mentioned this uh, about 10 minutes ago. And that is the whistleblower is not legally a whistleblower. And Mark Levin puts it very well here. Clip three. Let's listen. The law, the so-called whistleblowers, not a whistleblower under federal law. The so-called whistleblowers not covered by the whistleblower statute. The so-called whistleblower does not receive anonymity here during an impeachment process. He can get anonymity from an inspector general in the intelligence community, but beyond that and outside that, he gets no anonymity under federal law. The president's not covered by the whistleblower statute under federal law. The president's phone call is not covered by the whistleblower over under the statute, under federal law. So what we have here is a massive cover-up, massive cover-up of a Democrat CIA operative with ties to Brennan, with ties to Biden, with ties to NSC former staffers on shift staff. Of course they're going to protect this guy. Well, there you have it. That's Mark Levin, and he puts it very well. I would have played more of that, but then he, Mark Levin started using profanity, so I didn't want to uh, put us into the editing process and the, and the beeping out process because that gets risky. But Mark Levin put it very well that this is not legally a whistleblower. Therefore, he shouldn't be protected by the whistleblower protection laws. And not to mention... You know, the media and Democrats and even some lousy Republicans have been saying, well, we, we but they've been saying this mostly privately, but well we can't we can't say the whistleblower's name. We we can't say his name in public. That's illegal. <laughs> we can't we can't talk about the whistleblower. We can't say his name. We can't even talk about where he works. We gotta protect the whistleblower. We gotta protect the whistleblower. That's a big lie. There is no law. Not only is this guy not even qualified as a whistleblower, but let's just say he did. There's no law anywhere that anybody can find. And Rand Paul said this on the show last week when I played his clip. There's no law anywhere that says that people can't talk about the whistleblower. We can't say his name. The only law on the books, and see, people don't even care about the law anymore. The only law on the books said the only law on the book says that the inspector general cannot reveal the name of the whistleblower. That law is crafted so that the inspector general's office does not reveal the name of the whistleblower. It doesn't say that Walker Wildman can't say the name of the whistleblower or so and so can't talk about the whistleblower. We can. And so there's this fake narrative out there, imagine that, that we can't talk about the whistleblower. Yeah, we can. Y yeah, we, we can talk about the whistleblower and his name, Eric Caramella. He's a, he's a CIA analyst that used to be detailed to the White House. And now he's back in his office in Langley, Virginia. I don't even know if he still works for the CIA, but he did when he filed the whistleblower complaint or the fake whistleblower complaint. I mean, everybody knows this is who it is. There's no denying that it's this guy, this Eric guy. He's a lifelong Democrat, used to work for Obama, Biden. 
Uh, Susan Rice, he used to work for John Brennan. I mean, he worked for the most corrupt of the corrupt in the White House under Obama. And President Trump sent him back to Langley, Virginia, to the CIA headquarters because they thought he was leaking. Boy, were they right. He was leaking, all right. So they sent him, uh, uh, they removed him from the White House. And what do you know, two years later, he's filling out a fake whistleblower complaint based on third, fourth, and fifth-hand knowledge, if, if there's even such a thing. Uh, you know, the thing that we probably should be talking about is what on earth happened in Ukraine under the Obama administration? Which, that's really where this entire thing started, and you want, you don't want to know why. Here's why I think the, the Eric guy, I'm just going to call him Eric because his last name's hard to pronounce. The Eric guy, the fake whistleblower, Here's why he filled out that, that form. Here's why he so-called outed President Trump. Because he participated in the Biden firing of the Ukraine prosecutor under the Obama days. How do I know that? Because Eric was detailed by the CIA to the White House to focus on Ukraine policy on the National Security Council. And so I'll almost bet you that Eric, the whistleblower, or the fake whistleblower, he was privy to the conversations and the email chains and the phone calls about how Joe Biden, the former vice president, forced a Ukrainian prosecutor to be fired. Why? Because that prosecutor was investigating Hunter Biden. So Eric, the fake whistleblower, starts sweating and getting a little nervous that President Trump actually might get to the bottom of all the corruption of the Bidens and the Obamas in Ukraine. And so we've got to stop this. We've got to foil this search for the truth. And how do we do that? We get in the Democrats. We fill out, we change the form, we fill out a fake whistleblower complaint, and then we cause this big impeachment sham. Everybody gets distracted about, oh, the phone call with Ukraine. Oh, President Trump. When really, you look over here and you go, oh, there's the Biden corruption, but we can't talk about it. And speaking about the Biden corruption, if you would like to know how much Hunter Biden received from Ukraine oil companies, or rather uh, gas companies, Hunter Biden, under the company Barishma Holdings, received 38 payments, 83,000 bucks a month, $3.165 million total from a corrupt gas company in Ukraine, all while Joe Biden was vice president and chief liaison to Ukraine. This is where the corruption is. This is where the quid pro quo is. This is where the bribery is. Oh, no, no, but we can't talk about that. We've got to talk about Trump. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. Check out our website, AFR.net. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.